the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. We've got a lot to cover today, and uh, some of it will be good. Most of it will not be good. Most of it will make me crazy and should make you crazy, too. And we will see. So we'll talk about that. We have a great interview coming up in a few moments. I will talk with Peter Navarro, Peter Navarro uh, from the White House under Bush. Excuse Bush. Holy cow. Trump uh, under Trump. President Trump, Peter Navarro. He was one of only two or three people who was there from day one through the very end uh, of the Trump administration the whole time. And uh, he has a very unique perspective. And he also has a new book. He's a machine. He is. He's. Incredible kind of a professor type before he was well known for his work in public policy. He was a professor and his book is called Taking Back Trump's America, Why We Lost the White House and How We'll Win It Back out just a few days from now, actually. And um, he is an extraordinary guy. Second book in the last year or so. Um, and so my point is he's prolific. He's an academic and he's a, 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 a top notch guy. Bombard- excuse me. Bombardier Books publishing that one. Peter Navarro will talk in a few moments. Also, we will talk today. Day, uh, with Todd Benzman. Now, he's got a new book coming out in a month or so. Uh, we now can talk about it. It's called Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. Uh, we'll talk about that, but we'll also catch up with him on his um, observations about Kamala Harris and her recent interview with Chuck Todd over the weekend. So, But first, what you need to know, Republicans, MAGA Americans, conservatives, we the people, we're being hunted We're being hunted and we're back to what I said six months, nine months ago. When did I say it first? I talked about how the uh, essay by Volokh Havel, then he later became president of the Czech Republic. At the time, he was a dissident, but he wrote a piece called The Power of the Powerless. And he talks about in there how you don't need to be told how to censor yourself. You don't need to be shown how to do it, how to change your behavior. You begin to see and feel what's going on in the in the uh, oppression around you. He was writing in the Czech Republic uh, behind the uh, Soviet Iron Curtain. And he says, only people that have like a sign in the window that says workers of the world unite. It's not because they believe in it. It's because they have to put something up to signal to the people that shop there, I think it was a grocer that he's talking about, that they're on the right side of things as well as to the power brokers. But he also goes on to say that there's a self-censorship that starts to happen. And here's where we are in this country. In this country, the message that's being sent is if you present as a MAG American, if you present as a conservative, I don't know, as a constitutionalist, you will be targeted by the president in his words. He said, you're a clear and present danger. That's what Joe Biden said in Philadelphia. And that therefore you must have your rights limited. Your constitutional rights must be limited. That's what for, that's what a clear and present danger means. When you present that, you shall be limited. If you're a lawyer who helps Trump, you'll be targeted. If you're a business person who helps Trump, you'll be targeted. If you're on the wrong side of the issues, if you have questions, you'll be targeted. If you happen to think that the elections didn't seem to go well, let's say in November of 2022, 
If you question them, you will be fulfilling the prediction of the Biden administration that you're an insurrectionist and you'll be targeted. But it goes broader than that. I got a message today and we had him on the show a few weeks ago. We had on the show Senator Sam Brownback. He runs the National Committee for Religious Freedom. I Who's against religious freedom? I don't understand. I mean, people that hate religion, but in general, you sort of let that one go, don't you? Well, Chase, Chase Bank Accounts closed the committee, National Committee for Religious Freedom and Senator Sam Brownback. Now, Senator Sam Brownback was a governor of Kansas for two terms. He was in the Senate for, I think, two terms. He was in the U.S. Congress for a term or two. He was an ambassador for a a full term of uh, Donald Trump. He was in the state government in Kansas. He's conservative. And there are some people that didn't like his policies as governor. But in general, I think most people say He's one of the more likable guys. Like he gets along with everybody. And frankly, he's been in the system so long. He's a known quantity. He's not a wild card. He's not. He's he's just a conservative. And he's being targeted so much so that the National Committee for Religious Freedom, and they put it up on the put up a special tag on their website. Their website is the ncrf.org. Chased away is what the uh, hashtag chased away. I'll put it up on social media. They're looking for other stories, but that Chase Bank shutting them down. It, you know, you're, you say to yourself, why? They can't get an answer. They won't get an answer. They're not getting an answer because the last thing Chase wants to do is have to give an answer that says, oh, yeah, well, we're targeting you. They want to be quiet. Now, let me say this. If it's true that Mark Zuckerberg, and this has been admitted, Mark Zuckerberg spent $400 million of his own money from Facebook his money as the head of it. He spent that on influencing the election in 2020, it, meaning he wanted more people to work for the polls uh, that were left-leaning. He wanted a, a voter, a ballot boxes, all that stuff. I don't think anyone has yet proven it was illegal, but it certainly was a monumental $400 million, right? Now, he also admitted that in the weeks before the election, Facebook was told to watch for disinformation. The FBI warned them, and the FBI said it's coming. And then the FBI said, uh, yeah, the Hunter Biden laptop, that, that's disinformation. And Facebook shut it down, joined in others in shutting it down. Now, you say to yourself, OK, what's what are you talking about, Ed? What does that matter? And my point here is that Chase Bank has been caught shutting off the National Committee for Religious Freedom. I got reports. I haven't confirmed them all that one of the that one of the fundraising sites has blocked January 6 families. We'll see. I'll get more details. But the Zuckerbucks and the Hunter Biden laptop admissions by Zuckerberg Those are just what we know. My point is, those are what people admitted. What has gone on that we don't know about? And again, I'm not saying for sure it's illegal, but I am saying who's pressuring Chase Bank? Why is Chase Bank? Are they just pulling a power of the powerless Valakabal thing where it's better for them to get away from conservative MAGA types? Is that the instinct? If it is, then the pressure of the regime is doing its job. That's the point. What you need to know is all of this activity, subpoenas served on individuals who work for Trump, the Mar-a-Lago raid, the lawsuits. You know, there was on, on I think, the, on TikTok or, or, or somewhere. I'm not sure it was TikTok. Maybe it was Twitter. There was a, a woman who said, why, if Trump is so innocent, why aren't there more big time lawyers working for him? And she is the answer to the question, because normal lawyers don't want to be 
have their livelihood impacted by people who are pressuring them, people who are identifying them. There's a whole effort called the 65 committee that is targeting the 65 lawyers who helped Trump after 2020. Do you know what a lawyer has? A mortgage, a wife, a, a, a husband, kids in school. Do you know what they can't do all the time is take a, 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 their practice being damaged, losing their job? Cleta Mitchell widely regarded as one of the smartest compliance lawyers, certainly more conservative, but just regarded as someone who knows the the ins and outs of that law, forced out of her law firm by the pressure from outside groups because she represented Donald Trump. So this woman, this Democrat woman is asking, where are all the big lawyers that would support, that would work for Donald Trump? They're, They're being pressured by people like you. They're being hunted. They're being targeted. That's a better word. The we, the people are being targeted by the regime for disagreeing. And what you need to know is what it's a setup for the fall in November, the coming in two months. If there are problems at the election and you say, hey, wait, why did all that happen that way? You will be put right away into the basket full of deplorables of the insurrectionists who deny elections. It's all a setup meant to put you in a trap to trap you in a situation, all of us, they're being hunted. So go to this website, go to chased away. It's the ncrf.org slash chased away. And I'll put it up on social media and check out what they're doing to Sam Brownback. My point is they're expanding further and further, wider and wider to make sure that they shut down the voices as well as the people who might be disagreeing. Frightening stuff. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's taken me, it's more, it's been on my end. We had trouble last week or two weeks ago. Peter Navarro, the great Peter Navarro, who did so many things so well in the government. And I was telling folks, Peter, that um, Phyllis Schlafly knew about Peter Navarro before everybody else did. She's been following, working with you on your many books uh, The uh, back when the China issue came up and you were writing on that, did a, a video on it. And uh, now the newest book out from Peter Navarro, Taking Back Trump's America. America, why we lost the White House and how we'll win it back again. Uh, welcome back, Peter. How are you? And I'm um, um, great. And and Phyllis was very dear to me. She was um, all over the communist China issue long before it was cool, long before people understood the problem. And it was the China issue where I had my mind meld, as it were, with President Trump. Uh, back in the day, there's a great story in my new Taking Back Trump's America book about how in 2011 he was asked what his favorite China books were. Mm-hmm. And I think the reporter was was trying to trap him kind of like, like <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? We had that Sarah Palin type. Question. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And he proceeded to reel off his top 10 books, titles, summaries. And mine, um, mine was in um, in that list. And um, that was the Coming China Wars, published in 2006. Interestingly, Ed, that book, I predicted that communist China 
would start a global pandemic and kill millions. <laughs> and that was back in 2006. Wow. So at any rate, the new book, Taking Back Trump's America, couldn't come too soon because that's my mission now. Ed. That's that's I think it's your mission. You bet. Yeah. Gotta get the, the 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 levers of power out of the hands of Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and everybody in between. Yeah, we're talking with Peter Navarro, and and I'm looking, uh, Peter, the book I remember Phyllis having on her shelf we talked about was The Death by China, Confronting the Dragon, A Global Call to Action. And, you know, Phyllis, Peter, Phyllis always appreciated when she wrote her book, she wrote the problem, and then she finished by saying, okay, what are we going to do about it? And, uh, you know, with your newest book, it's not, hey, um, why we lost the White House, that that time's come and gone, how we'll win it back. But even the title, Taking Back Trump's America, uh, what Trump did, as you and I will agree, is he reset the priorities, not just for the Republican Party, although they did there, but for America on China, on jobs, on trade deals, on even the environment, and uh, and certainly broadly on the threat of communist China. As we're distracted by everything from the Queen and Ukraine and everything else, Peter, how big, how looming do you see the China threat? Every day it feels bigger to me. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been worried about this for going on two decades now, and every day it's gotten worse. Uh, during the Trump administration, we were able to fight back hard, uh, particularly on China's economic aggression. We kept them mostly bottled up, but right now they are the single greatest existential threat, both economically and militarily, not just to the United States, but to democracies around the world and this um, virus uh, that came from a lab in China the Wuhan Institute of Virology with the help by the way of Tony Fauci um, has been a gift to communist China in that it's destabilized a lot of our own political systems here democratic institutions the Bidenites the Democrats have used the virus as an authoritarian measure uh, to clamp down uh, and monitor people's behavior. Um, And meanwhile, China is getting ready to invade Taiwan uh, and spreading its influence all over the world. And and we, after Trump left uh, the White House, are again doing nothing uh, but laying down for these guys. Uh, Peter Navarro is our, our guest. Peter, you are one of the few people, um, and it probably is a small list I- in history, who served every single day of a term uh, of this president. I mean, you were there the first day and you did the last day. Lots of reasons some people don't stay. Lots of some of them are asked to not stay. But um, the you saw it all. And one question before we get to what happens going forward is a lot of folks look up and they say, man, it looks like the president had just such a mixed bag around him. President Trump, you know, some of them look really bad. Some of them looked really, you know, uh, uh, terrible. How do you describe that to people that don't, that, that want to sort of be a bit, um, I don't know, a bit uh, uh, disappointed or worse at what they saw happen? And I wasn't with the president just for the four years. I was also with him during the campaign. There's only three of us, Stephen Miller, the speechwriter. Yeah. You know, the tweetmeister, the other two. And um, I start with the old Reagan saw that personnel is policy, meaning Mm -hmm. that if a president doesn't get the right people serving him, he's not going to get the policies he deserves. And unfortunately, 
we had that in spades in the Trump administration early on. So I coined in the Taking Back Trump's America book the phrase bad personnel, bad personnel is not only bad policy, but also bad politics. And the first half of the book is really a story about how these bad personnel who surrounded Trump in many cases created a set of strategic failures that made that election close enough to steal. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the people that I call out, I mean, the two, I think, if they had never been in the White House, um, Trump would still be there, would be um, Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, the Neville Chamberlain, really, of our time. He's the guy who did the most to try to gut POTUS's China policies. Right. And then Jared Kushner, who was a a broad spectrum destroyer across a wide set of policies. It was was China. It was the pandemic, and and most of all, he ran arguably the worst campaign in presidential history. But you know, the rot went deeper. You had Tillerson come in from Exxon at the State Department. You had Mad Dog Mattis, who ironically refused to obey the chain of command. You had a succession after Mike Flynn got unjustly pushed out um, of bad national security advisors that you know, began with H.R. McMaster and ended with John Bolton until we got Robert O'Brien in there. And what I offer at the end of the Taking Back Trump's America book is my dream cabinet, mm -hmm. for example, as well as the people who should staff the White House. And, you know, half of them uh, in that in, in that dream team were people who served very ably um, under Trump. And a lot of them unsung heroes, like David Bernhardt Interior, for example. And that guy was nails Bob Wilkie at the Veterans Administration. I mentioned Robert O'Brien. He had Cash Patel, director. I would put him as the director of national intelligence if I were the boss. Um, and then um, we, we just, I mean, look, we got to, he, here's the thing, Ed. The, the mission here is very simple. It's like, it's twofold. We got to get Trump and Trumpism back in the White House in 2024. But before we do that, we have to focus like a laser beam on November, you know, November right. elections. We got to mm -hmm. get Nancy the Pelosi and the hell out of there. Mm -hmm. Weaponized unconstitutionally the investigatory powers of Congress. They need to be gone. And, um, Governor's races in three key states, Carrie Lake in Arizona, Tudor Dixon in Michigan, and Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania. we got to do this, uh, the secretaries of state, which are the guardians of the election. There's Mark Fincham in Arizona. There's Christina Corrala in Michigan. And folks, get involved. Action, action, action. I know that your organization, Ed, yep. has always yep. been at the forefront of that action, action, action. Well, uh, we're talking with Peter Navarro again, and uh, we'll, we'll put up on social media his book. It's uh, it's just out, um, Taking Back Trump's America, Why We Lost the White House and How We Win It Back. He mentioned it. He lists his dream cabinet. By the way, uh, Peter, just you should, 1461 is the number of days. You guys should start a 1461 club. Just have some sort of secret meetings. You guys can get, get some sort of uh, tattoos or something. But, Peter, this this question I have for you now, I, I, you're right. Phyllis would have said you can dream about 2024, but you got an election in six, eight weeks, right? So get focused. Yeah. 
focused on what's going on. Um, and then, by the way, and I think this will take all of your powers of persuasion and, and the success you've had. We got to get the good guys to do the right things. Right. And get them in power right. to do the right things um, is. But let me, Peter, you you you're a living example of lawfare. They came after you and arrested you in a way that was dramatic and 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 insane. But also, I, I my listeners know I talk about the narrative machine, the power of big tech and big media to define what the truth is for Americans, even if you don't believe it, you're reacting to it. In other words, Mar-a-Lago raid, even if you don't believe it and it's lie, you're reacting to it. I, yes. I mean, P- Peter, it's gone like exponential. It's not it's not just Zuckerbucks and Facebook burying Hunter Biden's laptop. It's everything that we know and see. They're shamelessly and given cover by this president for you're a clear and present danger, which is a message that says, therefore, I can eliminate or limit your constitutional rights. How do you expect us to get through the big media and big tech working with big government to lie? There's a there's a whole set of chapters in the Taking Back Trump's America book on the corporate media and their ability to dominate what's called the news cycle, to to filter up what they believe should be the stories they want to jam down the throats of the American people, um, rather than what often is the real news people are concerned about. And the problem, as you note, is the tremendous concentration in social media, the the libs of Silicon Valley, you have the New York Times, the Washington Post, Got the, um, the the networks, CNN, MSNBC, and the broadcast networks, they're all woke, CBS, NBC. It's like, how do you counter that? Well, you get folks listening to shows like this. Right. You get them to watch Newsmax or Real America's Voice. Um, I do a lot of stuff on Steve Bannon's War Room. We're slowly building audiences throughout the country that trust the news from these kind of outlets, they know they'll get the truth rather than the propaganda. Uh, but but it's a it's a struggle. It's a struggle, and that's that's again. I get back to uh, action, action, action. It's like really important. Yeah, Don't get angry, get frustrated if you want, but also get involved. And well, that's what, yeah, and Phil and and the late Phyllis Schlafly, Peter, I'll let you go. The late Phyllis Schlafly used to say, um, you know, praying to God about it is fine, but God's got a lot of other things to do. Our job is to get to the ballot box. And and I think, you know, look, one of the things sometimes it's hard to picture how we could stop the national elections. I wonder about it, but you can win your school board. We're seeing that you can win your county executive. You can win your congressman. Maybe they'll steal some Senate races. It's up, up beyond them. But you can you can win the ones that are right here and build the army uh, sort of grassroots one at a time. So Peter Navarra gives you a good uh, primer on this. Again, his book, many books that you should read of his, Taking Back Trump's America, Why We Lost the White House and How We'll Win It Back. Uh, Peter, thank you for uh, everything you're doing and for being out there. It's Bombardier Books, by the way. I should say that. They do. They publish great books. Thanks very much, Peter. Thanks so much. Yeah, you take care of yourself, brother. Okay, we'll talk again soon. Peter Navarro, everybody, and uh, put it up on social media. Uh, he is out there uh, fighting the fight and communicating. He's a great writer. Great writer. He's uh, amazing. So Phyllis Schlafly loved him and believed in him. So we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in with our friend Todd Benzman, of course, over at the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. You can see all of his writings. Also, you can look up in the New York Post, nypost.com, and you can see he's got a, a piece that ran uh, September 12th. Of course, the border is secure since Kamala Harris changed the definition of secure. And Todd Benzman goes on. I have to say, Todd, when I saw her interview with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press, when she, he asked her, is the border secure? She said, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then she went on to some some sort of a convoluted, almost, as you say, redefinition of uh, of secure. Uh, but first of all, you've seen a lot of people. I'm not I'm not being personal. Usually we're personal about Biden. I'm not being personal. She didn't seem quite all there, did she? It was a very odd like she seemed almost and I hate to be I'm probably in trouble, but seemed sort of over medicated or something. It was very strange voice, even for her. Did you see that? I did. Uh, you know, my my impression was that that's how somebody talks and acts when they know they're lying. Oh, and a ca- and a camera's on their face. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, normal people can't just do that. You know, just flat out make stuff up that that's obviously against all evidence. Yeah. Okay, that could be uh, it. All right, but so let's go to the let's go to the uh, the body of what she said. I mean, um, you, you you she said it was. I thought she said it was secure. I mean, so you 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 you're saying it is. She meant that because she redefined it. Walk me through your piece. Well, uh, you know, I kind of reference Bill Clinton's scandal <laughs> when he yeah. right. Well, when he he redefined sexual relations in in a way that only he knows right so right, right, right. nobody else recognizes right, his right, definition right. of that and that was his explanation for lying right uh because uh, you know if he didn't have the intent to lie because he thought it was this one definition that nobody else knew about right uh and i think that's what's going on here there by administration's definition for border security is not what you me and everybody else think it is their definition is safe, orderly migration to the border to access our asylum system. That, if that's happening, if there's a conveyor belt moving people smoothly and orderly from the river to Chicago or New York and Washington, then that is border security in their definition. And I've seen them not just uh, Harris, but, you know, Mayorkas and even the president keep talking about the border being secure. And then they follow it up with, you know, we're moving people through. So I think that's what they're that's their Bill Clinton definition of to kind of cover up a lie. Which is, uh, <laughs> you know, we, yeah, that's my theory on this. Uh, yeah, I, it's a good theory, actually. I mean, I think and I think it's um, I mean, in, insofar as you're basically saying they're not telling you the truth and they're changing their uh, tune. I think I think you're on to something there. I mean, again, the question becomes uh, who will object to the policies in the Democratic Party or will they just run off the cliff? I do think um, it's becoming more it's becoming clearer that the issue is bothering the voters. And I so but let's shift over, Todd. I want to I want to talk about your book. It's this is the news. I knew this was coming, but we know now we can talk about it. Uh, the book is called Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. Todd Benzman is our guest and the author of this. Todd, um, she she basically I mean, even excuse me, even Chuck Todd 
sort of put her on the spot and said, wait, two million people coming across that. That's uh, that's what what you're wanting here. I mean, it does feel like people are starting to pay a little bit more attention. Well, it's true. But, uh, you know, if you look at the transcript of that interview or if you saw it, uh, you know, he raises that question and then just lets her get away with the answer and moves on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think I think he had her there. I mean, if that was uh, a Trump, you know, if that was (laughs) Pence Pence or something saying something like that, it'd be here's lie number six thousand four hundred and fifty two. And they would have gone on and on about it. Right. Uh, But they just I think everybody's just letting these folks off. Off the hook. I mean, you know, that's the border is utterly uh, in pandemonium. It's nothing like I know I say that all the time on it. But I mean, really, it's it's just schizophrenic down there. Uh, Talk to any Border Patrol agent who's been on the job for 10 years and they'll they'll tell you they've never seen anything even close to this. So there's just it just defies all belief to hear Mayorkas and Harris and the president talk about that the border secure, well-managed. Uh, we're talking with uh, Todd Benzman about, uh, about his new book overrun. Um, so what about the Republicans? Let me, who's the policy leader other than Trump? Is there somebody that you look at and you say he or she is talking about this issue the right way for people, for voters and citizens? They're like, hey, I want to know who can kind of lead on this. Who's out there? And is it one of the governors? I know, by the way, in Washington, D.C., the mayor of Washington, D.C. has created a new office for migrants, I think she calls it. And she said I'm in an email to her own people. She said, this is going to be great. I got this new office and we're going to bust these people out of here. I mean, that's, she didn't quite say it like that, but basically that's what she said. I mean, it's quite a change from uh, from her general positions, I guess. Uh, but um, who, who's leading on the on the, the side of of getting this under control? Well, there are there is a, a cadre of House Republicans who I think are going to uh, kind of be the spear tip on right. this when when uh, January comes around, assuming we that the Republicans get the House and maybe even the Senate. But uh, those would be like Chip Roy, uh, Andy Biggs. Uh, there's a, a, a new um, congressman out of Wisconsin. I know that sounds far away, but he's been down there uh, quite a few times. Uh, there, There's a, a cadre of House Republicans that I think are going to be very, very forceful on this issue. And in the Senate, you have people like Tom Cotton and, and, and Ted Cruz. Uh, there are probably far too many who are oddly silent about the border crisis. I don't understand it. But, you know, where's John Cornyn? <laughs> you know, I don't understand where John Cornyn falls on anything. He's very quiet about all of this. Uh, And I think that it'll be incumbent on the people listening here and anybody who cares about border security to make sure that whoever uh, is in the seat in January uh, moves on this thing. And that we had an opportunity when Trump was in office, both the White House and and both chambers were in Republican hands and they didn't really do anything. They're going to have to do something this time. And my book, Overrun, lays out some basic solutions that must be addressed to 
uh, avoid any further mass migration crisis like this. There are just several things that need to happen that must happen. They require legislation uh, for for this to never happen again. If you um, if you but you're not going to get legislation passed uh, uh, my Orcus's boss, I don't think. Right. I mean, we could, no. we could try to persuade. I doubt it happens. So now now say that you've got the um, uh, the House. Let's just say the House because they can control the wallet. OK, so the budget can't be passed. It can't be filed. It can't be managed without the participation of the chairman of the budget committee and the speaker of the House. So now you say, hey, what can we do to what to um appropriate money and force them to spend it they don't have to there's money appropriated for the wall that biden is not spending i got that from one of the senior uh, budget uh, committee members uh, a member of congress who told me that and um jason smith he wasn't saying it privately he was saying it congressman jason smith was saying we we gave him up more than a billion dollars he's not using it he's just ignoring it you know it's one thing to withhold money somehow from uh from ukraine because it was a policy preference that's what uh trump was accused of but if you don't spend a billion that the congress said they wanted and it was signed by the president it was the president before biden but it's supposed to be the law of the land so what is it do you think i mean let, let's coach these guys and gals they're now the head of the uh budget appropriation committees what could they do to change the trajectory i mean if you defund the the um the uh migrant protection act they probably knowing the callousness of the left they take the tents down and let everybody die in the desert but i mean so what could you do what could you do with the budget to try to steer the conduct in a way that you could win both the policy and the politics i'm not sure by the way no i mean well uh, you know a lot of this depends on uh, what happens with the Senate, with control of the Senate, because we could very well end up with uh, split chambers, mm-hmm. you know, one in Democrat hands and one in Republican hands. And in that case, I'm not optimistic about much. Right. Uh, the, the Republican House could do things like, you know, uh, hold uh, appropriation, you know, hold the uh, a rise in the uh, deficit spending cap hostage right like they've done before we've kind of seen that play before mm-hmm. uh, you know we're going to shut the government down and right. you know everybody loses with that um, right. but you know there could be some horse trading that could go on uh short of that i, I don't want to see government shutdown stuff happen because it just doesn't seem to work right on immigration things so honestly what really matters if I'm just being straight up, what matters is uh, Republicans would have to get both chambers uh, to, to really make something happen. And short of that, they just have to wait until 2024 and get the White House, because mm-hmm. the White House is where all the real levers of power uh, reside. That's where that's where everything happens on immigration. So. Um, you know, you're, there's. I'm thinking there's probably two more years of this, full two more years of this. Now, the Republicans could also, you know, hold hearings and that they can't right now. When they try to hold hearings on, on the border and about immigration, they get shut down. They're not allowed. I was a witness to one of them that they had to hold off the hill because Pelosi would not allow them to hold a hearing about the border. Mm. That's how bad it is. So they could hold hearings, which 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 influence and bring information to light. 
uh, through witnesses. And I think that's very important to be able to just have hold hearings on the border. It, it creates a pressure. And the Democrats are sensitive to that pressure we've seen uh, in the in recent history. They are somewhat sensitive to, you know, the electorate, uh, you know, sentiment on on this border stuff. So, you know, short of that, uh, you know, holding, you know, the the government budget hostage and doing some other things like that. Uh, which I don't think are all that effective. We're just going to have to wait till 2024 and uh, get somebody in the White House who Mm. who will pull the lever back. Yeah, it's um, well, Todd Benzman is our guest. It, it, it is daunting. I mean, I, I, I wonder it myself. I, and, and as you point out, the usual playbooks certainly don't work in a world when the media knows how to play it out. You know, a shutdown ends up doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work politically. So uh, we've got to figure out something else. All right. Todd Benzman, I got to run again. The book is overrun. How Joe Biden unleashed the greatest border crisis in U.S. history. Post Hill Press Bombardier Books uh, and also over New York Post. Uh, Todd is writing. So thanks. Todd, we'll talk again very soon. Thank you. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Look over on social media. I'll put up all of Todd's links, both to his website, CIS.org, as well as to his books. And we will be right back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, Here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Trump supporter and golfing legend Greg Norman is the CEO of LIV Live Golf, an upstart competitor to the liberal behemoth PGA. Norman has already held a tournament on a Trump property in New Jersey, and he's scheduled to hold another tournament this year at Trump's golf course in Miami, where tickets have already been sold out. Norman has assembled a group of Trump-friendly golfers who want to make golf great again. As you might expect, the anti-Trump media are treating the golfers with questions as hostile as those they asked Trump himself. Hanging in the balance is whether the vicious liberal boycott of Trump's properties, akin to a military blockade, will hold against Greg Norman's valiant effort to breach it. The golfing world has suddenly become a proxy war over Trump's political future. The liberal media ambush golfers who have switched to the live tour with odd questions about playing on Trump's golf courses, which were never controversial before. Phil Mickelson, one of the greatest golfers ever and the biggest name to join live, was impertinently asked, how do you feel about playing on Trump courses? Implicit in this question is that someone should have qualms about playing on a golf course owned by Trump. Mickelson responded, quote, I care more about the quality of the test of golf the quality of the golf course, the fan experience and their ability to see and view the golf and the challenge of what the venue provides for the players, end quote. Liberals don't quit. And when reporters came after Mickelson with hostility again at the British Open, he became blunter in his response. He simply retorted, let it go, dude. I couldn't be happier. Sadly, liberals aren't likely to let it go. Though they have very short memories when it comes to their friends, the left so often displays the memory of an elephant when it comes to those they perceive to have crossed them. Some golfers may think that they can stay in the left's good graces by shunning Trump courses, but trying to appease the left has never worked for anyone in the end. Like Norman's Live Golf, it's time to stand against attempts to politicize the fun out of sports. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Political correctness is no longer simply about restricting speech. This tool for tyranny has led to employees being fired, pastors silenced, small businesses closed, and truth suppressed. Thankfully, the politically correct can't censor the work at phyllisschlafly.com. Join us, won't you? At phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, we're wrapping things up. I just want to encourage you, if you like what you're hearing on the wink, what you need to know, I want you to go to ProAmericaReport.com. At the very top of that uh, page, you can sign up there. We've had some trouble with our emails. Some people end up with my email going to spam, and it's actually been really tough because they've got tougher with the service. Again, I hate to say it, talk about targeted. I'm not sure if you're on the left, you have such a hard time like I do with your emails, but here you have it. So make sure you're getting, you should get an email every single day, every morning, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. East Coast, 5 a.m. West Coast, obviously 7 a.m. if you're in the Central Time and 6 a.m. if you're in Mountain, you should get the wink. What you need to know, there's a few links, there's a few key uh, stories, and always a pithy, and and uh, sound like Bill O'Reilly, a pithy point of view, uh, something for you to look at. So check that out, okay? Please go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there for the Daily Wink. And we will be back tomorrow. Thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley for his great producing work. And Joanna Spilger for helping us book guests. And we will be back tomorrow. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. I look forward to talking to you then. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.